Good day, good evening, good night, and happy 2019. And welcome to our 137th podcast. Happy new tennis year 2019 name of this podcast. And before I go any further, let me just say to Andrine that I got the number correct and clear. Starting <laughs> off the new year, good. I'm not going to be guessing and vague about this. So, there you have it. I like how proactive New year, new, year, new thing. Okay? Yeah. So, before I go any more, I mean, further, I mean, I have to introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Andrine from Soli Tennis Travels. <laughs> God, you're getting everything right so far. Have, so far. Plenty of time to fuck it up. I'm so happy you can't see my face right now. <laughs> How are you doing, Andrine? How what's going on? I'm really good. You know what I did? I went through my closet and pulled out clothes that I'm gonna take on my next trip. I, I pulled my bag, my suitcase out, getting ready already. <laughs> already? Um, wow, that's so, impressive. I, I am so glad you can't see my face now because I'm just like, this bitch better not be saying, you know, like, I'm going to Australia and trying to rub it in our faces. But you know what? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm I'm like, this is like a thing my sister makes fun of me, but I'm, su- I'm a super early packer. <laughs> you don't buy new outfits before you go? Oh no! I bought all the I bought all the new outfits. Oh my god! You're so not gay because you know the gay man shot before, like the day before, right? Like, <laughs> what time is the flight six o'clock? Oh, I have to run into town. To run into no, I, I use my birthday shop twelve money. o'clock. I use my birthday money and I I secured oh, okay. some things <laughs> in I'm the Christmas rush sale. I'm horrible at packing. I try to take the whole house. Then I get to the airport, I have to pay extra. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I've learned my lesson. It won't be happening. I could take that money to buy something else. Really important. Honey, but, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a carry-on lady too. I I try never to check a bag. So wow. You see, you're That's not gay cool. because you never know. You might have an outfit you might need to go somewhere. <laughs> you can't. You cannot be caught unawares. <laughs> you just can't be. Okay? Oh wow. I'm not you going to the bush. So I think if something <laughs> happens, I can go to a gap. Exactly. <laughs> It's because you're not going to the bush. Because if you were going to the bush, you could do carry on. You just need to outfit. But because you're going to see the Anything area. That she needs, she can go buy. Exactly. <laughs> I don't believe in that. I mean, you Because I have it at home. That drives me insane. I left that shit at home. And I have to go buy it here? Anyway. And of course, we have Janina from far in Ohio. How are you, girl? I'm, I'm good. I guess. Mm, well, that's yeah. not a I know, right? Mm. <laughs> Happy right. New Year. Whatever. Yeah. Don't want it from you now, Debbie Downer. Like, ooh, back <laughs> up the juju for the new year. Like. And of course, it's real the homosexual for the podcast. And before I go any further, let me just say I'm excited that this is our fifth season, our fifth year Oof. on the air. I know we are a big boy, a big boy and girl. Mm. So we are. We're no more toddlers, so I guess we'll leave that behind with the labor cup. Okay. So, and I'm excited to have these two ladies still with me. This is my longest relationship. Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm gay. Did I not mention that? I'm gay. Brutal. <laughs> so, I mean, oh my this goodness. is like a whole lifetime right now. Is this in dog years or no? <laughs> even, even if we were counting, in astrological terms, it's still <laughs> oh a lot. God. <laughs> but <Welcome> anyway, <laughs> welcome. So, are y'all ladies excited for the 2019? I kind of am. I think 
think so. Ooh. I'm yeah. excited that I I watched tennis and I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, was little, I was a little bit nervous. I mean, people, let me just say something. This is a new year and this is a brand new thing for Janina. She watched tennis and she probably claimed that at the very top of the show. I mean, generally, just like, I got nothing. Be <laughs> <laughs> so, prepared, people. 2019 is going to be different. Don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely going to be different. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. I managed to do a tennis podcast so much and watch so little tennis at times. <laughs> I know. And you got cable. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. I know, right? <laughs> but no, it was a pleasant surprise. Like, I found myself doing things that I used to do that I haven't done in a while, like making sure I get up and turn the TV on while I'm getting ready for work to see who's playing and how's it going, and actually being drawn to it, not going, oh God, I don't really want to watch this. But and it's happening in future time. You see, future time does yeah, help you. A little bit, a little bit, not always, but it's been <laughs> nice. It's been nice. It, it's a pleasant little surprise so far of 2019. How are you? Who, me, you, or Andreen, you? You, Reels, you. Oh, I'm okay. I watch tennis as usual. I mean, like, I have no chick now, no child, so, <laughs> you know. sad about it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I am unbothered. I could get up in the middle of the night to decide I want to watch some tennis, and I just did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I watch Hotman Cup. I watch Brisbane, you know. Stop um, showing off. Let's move on. <laughs> but uh, you know what? But to my credit, I didn't watch the Indian tournament. So I don't think anyone did. Well, some people did. Mm. Their family? I, I, I watched the trophy ceremony. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, this is a brand new thing. Look at Janina. That's growth right there. That is, is. growth right let's there. About it. So let's talk about it. What was the what was the place of it called? I don't want to say it wrong. You say it wrong. I mean, you're going to have me try to say it, right? I think, here's the problem. Oftentimes, my tennis results is in French. So I don't know if I'm saying it, if it exists in English. <laughs> this is the English word. I swear to God. So it tells me it's Poon. I guess this used to be the old Chennai ever since Stanley left Chennai. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the one that replaced oh, Yeah. I was unaware. <laughs> this is where Stanley often found his form. Yeah, apparently, I since hope he you know. Since he found Donna, he has forgotten about Chennai. Okay. Well, apparently, if you if people were actually going to go out into the world and did some touristing, you could have found Gandhi's ashes here. Really? Yes. Oh, why do you know that? Um, because I like to plan trips, and another thing I want to let you know that if we were going to travel there, it would take us twenty one hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Clearly, you have investigated. Okay. And it was formally called Puna, which I think I like that better. I guess in French, it's Puna. I'm not going to say anything about what that might be. We'll stick with Pum Pum Shorts. So okay. that tournament uh, was tall versus taller. <laughs> in the end, which is, right? In other words, which was exciting versus exciting. <laughs> well, apparently, um, I I didn't see any of the actual tennis. Uh, Kevin Anderson won the tournament against Evo Karlovic. Um, but the 
I, I don't know if it was the tournament director or whatever. I'm going to assume it was the director who, because he was, you know, um, he was thanking everyone in India. Every, I mean, fucking everyone, man. <laughs> it went on and on and on. And then it went on some more. Is this like the um the the corporate Kia motor sponsors at the Australian Open? Because let me tell you something, it was worse. It was worse. It was worse. At one point, I was like, "What is going on? Is this even a trophy ceremony?" Because I literally turned my TV on, um, to it when it was it was happening, and I was just like, "I is this like some extended infomercial?" Because he kept just like talking about all of these people that know and bringing them on and giving them flowers and um but when he finally did get to the the presentation of trophies and i realized that this was indeed a trophy presentation um he said that this was you know one of the greatest uh that i think he said the third set was maybe one of the greatest he'd ever seen and i thought i, I find that really hard to believe <laughs> you're like i think you need to see more tennis <laughs> I mean, it was Ivo Karlovich for, and you know what? I think probably, if I'm not mistaken, there were breaks of serve. Really? Because I, I, I mean, at this point, I didn't even know the score line, and I'm like, it had to just be a bunch of aces and a tie break. Like, I'm thinking, what Actually, else? Could I was wrong. There were no breaks of serve. See. So, <clears throat> I think I it was know. just being kind, and I, I think well, it was between a shade to be like Stanley, get your ass back here because it would have been show as hell more interesting if your ass were in the final. Let me tell you, the best part was he introduced Evo, <laughs> and I felt really sad for Kevin Anderson at one point because every time he, um, he talked about Evo Karlovich, the crowd just started chanting Evo, Evo, and I thought, well, what are yes. they going to chant when he talks about Kevin Anderson? Nothing. Polite hand clap, <laughs> total golf clap. I was like, oh shit, and he won. I mean, <laughs> I. I I suspect it's because Kevin Anderson didn't have his dog on the court because that's the most interesting <laughs> I, thing about I him. I don't know, but they didn't they they did not show him the love like they showed Dr. Evo of course, for, for sure. But he introduced Karlovich as the oldest man <laughs> to ever be in the final. Well, trust me, men don't get men do not get sensitive about those things unless you're a gay. <laughs> you know what? It was awkward. No. He did he didn't even smile when he said it. But Evo didn't smile when he was introduced that way. He, I think, found he found no amusement to that whatsoever. It wasn't good. You so know, Evo would be a really interesting person to interview. I'm sure he would be. Honestly, I'm not just saying that to be sure. I, but I'm, would too. I really think he would be. And he could bring his lovely wife on. That would be cool. Yeah, she's gorgeous. So what else happened, Janina, since you are the school lady today? You're the stat oh. girl. You're the stat girl the today. Stat girl. So um, there was also a tournament in Shenzhen. Yes. Yeah. Good girl. So, um, All I can really tell you about that is because it was airing on Tennis Channel Plus, but, you know, they want to try to get you to buy that. So they show you little tiny bits and pieces. And they kept um, jumping from tournament to tournament. And I was like, wait, that's Vera Zavonareva, and she was in a semifinal, and it was great. And then she started having a meltdown and beating her racket on the ground, and then she was crying on the changeover. And I was like, "Wait, is this like 2005?" <laughs> I thought she said she was not going to do this anymore because she had a baby. Like she was. Well, she did. Like she did, and it was great. I loved to see it. Um, and <laughs> she ended up retiring. So it was total old style Beppa. It was great. Um, 
I, I was happy though to see her back in a semifinal, even Me though too. listen, nobody was there. Nobody. There was I like know. that is there. true. And the courts looked like um they looked like practice courts. They were well, that they were, close I, together. It was weird. I think there was there was an issue um because it was back to back scheduling had to play multiple matches. The weather was really shit. The weather was really shitty. So they were having problems with that. But it is true. I mean, WTA, if y'all are willing to quote Asian money, I'm all fine with that. Go where the money is. But for God's sake, y'all cannot be paying, putting these top ladies in these empty stadium. I saw one of Sabalenka's matches and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's just only her crew is here. Really? Um, like, you would find like, more people at a high school tennis match than you would at that semifinal in Shenzhen. I mean, you could find more people at a gas station at midnight. I'm telling you, you are correct. They, there was nobody there. It was. They, they, I mean, give away free tickets. Something. At least ask the people who are there mm -hmm. to move down to the front row, so it looks like maybe somebody's there. Oh, you know what? Pay them to just follow the camera wherever the camera is zooming <laughs> in, and just have them there and have the camera take a tight shot in. I mean, uh, CGI something. Come something. on now. It was bad. I mean, goddamn, people! It, it doesn't look cute. I mean, it it shows that get school children in there. They might not be paying attention, but they'll be making a whole lot of noise, and that's yeah. how you really need you to, to hear create music the atmosphere. From, like, I don't know where it was coming from. Maybe someone's house. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. That tournament happened. What else happened? Um, there was Auckland. Ooh, which got awkward. Why? <laughs> Because one of our, I, I don't know why Venus showed up there because, you know, they showed their they ass. They love her there. They love her there. That's why. She yeah, but they showed their ass in 2017. And, you know, real is bitter and petty. Remember when she and Serena showed up and Serena just, I need to get the fuck out of his heart. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> but the fans. <laughs> like, that Serena was having a baby. And they were like, they had no issue dragging her ass. Right? <laughs> Serena was pregnant and she was over Auckland, like from the jump. There is no Hawkeye. There is just like, what is this place? 1990? Like, she was over it. And they shaved. And Venus lost subsequently, like, the next day, I think. Uh, but it's true. They do love her in Auckland. And she turned back the clocks a little. She had a lot of um, two-on-two matches. I heard she looked really good. I didn't get to see her play. Mm, are we talking about the outfit or just playing tennis? Her tennis. Mm, it's by looking good mean Venus taking the long way to winning a match. Is that what we kind of say? Looking, no, no. but you know what? She didn't double fault. There were significant matches. She played two matches and she didn't double fault. So thank God for small miracles. And she didn't lose. So there is that. She didn't lose what? Because last year she started off with losses. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Okay. So people, her fans, her fans, and I am one of those people rejoice, but. The outfit didn't look cute. I'm just saying, people. Let's be honest. But what Let happens? us be one. Um. So you know what was? <laughs> Did you see the picture that some foreign press used when Caroline lost? Did you see it? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> oh my god. So it wasn't current. It was not from that match. I don't know when it was from, but she looked really, really, really young, really young. And she's sobbing and she's like ugly crying. <laughs> Why do people hate Caroline Wozniacki? I mean, I like, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that I mean, like, picture was so shady. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it's a bit of Diva Dal fans who are just holding on to that when, you know, she she did that fake out, you know, when Diva Dal fainted at the Australian at the US Open. People just hold a grudge for Sarah Tulam. But I mean, like, she might be someone having a little bit more interesting things to say in the podcast, in the um, press conferences. So they should show a little bit more love. Just saying. But she lost to, she had an early round exit, I think. Um, I don't know when she lost, but she lost to the girl that beat Venus as well. So she's the she's this this Canadian girl, uh, whatever her name is. She's the next big thing. Bianca Andrescu and and Andrescu. What is it? I don't know. That is Romanian. Which means that yeah, it was the Romanian press that um. Which means there. that she's going to be the new Canadian hopeful, right? Even though Jeannie Bouchard was kind of okay and looks to be probably headed to a solid little season for herself again. But well, now she's over her concussion now and stole her joy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Canadians can only focus on one Canadian person at a time. Yes, yeah. that is true. Where's Milos? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they threw Milos over really quickly when Shapovalov came in. They're like, I Milos. know. Oh, that's God. right. That's right. Well, because Milos is so boring. That's why. So we'll see how we see. How, we'll see how Bianca does. Um, she did well this tournament. Um, you know, yeah, whatever. Got to the final. Got to the final. I lost to your girl, Gurgis. <laughs> I thought you know what I thought she was on the way to winning too because Gurgis lost the first set and she was up a break and then I think I went to bed at um when um Bianca got it back to four all and I was like screw this this is probably so uh, okay you need to answer this honestly did you think she was on her way to winning because you thought she was gonna win and she was playing well or because you thought Gurgis was you know gonna just pull a Gurgis and we don't trust her all the time in in final no you know what because she was playing well and she had big be- she had beaten bigger and better players and right. so I thought, well there's she'd no be, she'd beaten she'd beaten the names she'd beaten the names yeah <laughs> so you know there's no reason for her to be intimidated by Gurgis and Gurgis was getting outplayed so I was like, well, and then when Bergergus was up a break, I was like, okay, maybe she's going to take this match back. She's going to take it under control and then push it to a third. And okay, Gurgis, you know, so, but then when Gurgis lost the break, I was like, oh, maybe this is girl, maybe, maybe Bianca's going to take care of this in two. So I was <laughs> amazing week. <laughs> when I woke up and she had done it in three, I was like, okay, Gurgis, look at you. Yeah. But you know well, what I mean? It made me think of, I don't know, do you guys remember two, maybe it was two years ago, a very tall, I think, redheaded American went on this amazing run, I think, in one of the Aussie up, um, one of the Aussie tournament, and everybody was like, oh my God, this is her year, and I don't think we've ever heard from her again, because I can't I don't remember a redheaded American. I don't know who American. that is. I think you're making that up, Andre, and I'm just going to put it out there. I want receipts. I'm so, exactly. <laughs> I was actually a dream she had. A redheaded American playing tennis? Hmm. Surely we would remember that. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Chad Chad will let us know. If Chad yeah, knows Chad, it, she, she, she doesn't exist. If Chad doesn't exist doesn't wait, 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 wait. Is she black? No. No, Chad, no, Chad, would, know. Chad would know her. Chad knows all the American players. He does. <laughs> American black players get it right. No, that's not true. He does like vanilla sometimes. I'm telling you, <laughs> we should not be disparaging a friend of our podcast. But he follows the American players religiously. It's just that the most exciting, interesting ones are typically people of co- players of color. Oh my gosh, that's just the way it is. What a claim! What a claim! <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> really. But okay, did you get what? And there's Tommy Paul. Just putting it out there. I don't All right. know who that is either. Um, where? Who did? Uh, who did she lose to? Who was it? Who? Oh, Kyrgyz. Who? Where? Where, where was? Um, what's her name? Sabalenka. Marta. Sabalenka. Well, Sabalenka was in um, um, Shenzhen. Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Just backing up then, real quick. Did you actually see her? Sabalenka. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see her physically? Yes, I did. Is I she didn't... not bigger and stronger than she? Oh, was? okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Because I just gotta say, I saw her in real life first in U.S. Open. She didn't have much of a booty, but well, I, saw I saw her, her in Shenzhen. And I saw her in Cincinnati. Popping there. I saw she her in Cincinnati, and she is buff as hell. I mean, she is like a solid piece of muscle. She's she's fit as fuck. However, she looks bigger. You have a problem with that, or no? No, just a little curious because it hasn't been that long since I seen her in person, and she looks <laughs> significantly bigger. I mean, I saw her in August. It is it's January. She's been working out. <laughs> She's been working out. Let's just okay. for, for now. Let's let's just say, and I mean, like she she tasted glory last year. I mean, like she feel like she was right on the cusp of being, you know, like in the thing because I mean, she kind of had Naomi and the and, and the ropes at the U.S. Open, kinda. Just knew yeah, I mean, she could have won, could have won that match. Sabalenka could have won that match. So she felt yeah. like she was, and she was, she had a really good summer mm-hmm. last year. She All was right. winning matches, and she, if it's one thing we know, you know, um, Tursunov is in Hakana, and he has supreme confidence. Oh, that's who that, that is. Yes. 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 coach. Okay, I was like, who is that guy? He looks so familiar. And, he and why so does he have all that hair? I don't know. Hot, hot is the way that I would describe girl. him. But girl. all right. Anyway, okay. stop getting I distracted. I, I don't. I don't have to fight you for him too. But no, <laughs> you, you know what? You you really don't. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. really really don't. Miss Paula Lorenzi. Okay. Shut your mouth. But <laughs> all right. So, anyways, there was also Brisbane. Oh, I think I remembered her name now. I was thinking oh, about it. It was Samantha Crawford. Remember? <laughs> no. She's not a redhead. She's mixed. I'm almost sure. She's Asian. <laughs> but she had a really nice run. I think in the 2016 U.S. Open, not not U.S. Open, like um, so, um, Canadian uh, Australian Open summer. And I was like, oh yeah. So for some weird reason, it just popped up in my mind that oh, like. That no, is like this Didn't year. Not, you see what I hear here? Is she's trying to give us a six for nine. There was <laughs> no redhead ever. It wasn't just red. Pop, like, she wasn't red. Was out hair. of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, where did that part come from, Andrew? I don't know where. In my mind, I saw her as redhead, but no, she's actually she's got actually a brunette. But I remember yeah, that no, <laughs> I remember her having like, a really good summer, Australian Open summer, and everybody's like, oh "And then she rolled up and gonna go." And I don't think she and then got her ass beat. I think it was badly too. I don't think it was bad, but I just remember people expected a lot from her, and it didn't quite translate. So I'm hoping mm. for better things. Uh, okay. <laughs> from Andrescu. Yeah, because I mean, let let us be honest, right? I mean, Heather Watson has won whole bad a couple of times. And I don't mean nothing. Oh, so let's not be mean. All right. All right. So <laughs> Brisbane, we had the Pliskova who makes money, as Real calls her, as the female. I didn't winner. call her that. You see, you see, why y'all be tracking reels? Oh, it wasn't shit? you. Who was? It was Andrea. It, Andrea. It was Andrea. It out. It was <laughs> I don't think I ever said that, but I. No, <laughs> you said the one who doesn't make money. 
Oh, I thought it was the one who does make money that won. No, this is the one who makes money, but that's how she distinguished the Pliska versus sisters. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't say Kapliska or uh, uh, like uh, Kipliska. She's it's really the one. or Chris Pliss, but okay, she's Chris the one that doesn't make money. But Kapliska. So Carolina Pliskova. Is that the one? Is her name Carolina? Yeah, I don't know. We call her Kapliss so much. But yeah, she won. Uh, did Kate Nishikori win? Yes, finally. Yes, he did. I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, given that his body is made of glass, when he Girl, does you take K week to week. You do, you do not try to give K any sort of like long term thing. You take but him. But it's going to be like a, he peaked too soon. No, you know what? It doesn't even matter because how did he look? Thank you. Thank you, Andre. He's been I'm in sorry. nine. He's been in nine finals and then lost them. Remember? He was just having a horrible time. <laughs> I mean, he was rivaling Monfils in these finals. Oh, God. <laughs> so, for me, though, the far more interesting uh, thing about Brisbane is the return of Burdich and Sanga. No, well, Sanga for sure in Brisbane. Um, Burdich, where's Burdich? Burdich somewhere else. Yeah, British is somewhere else. Oh, see, that's why I don't even care. No, but um, it's okay. Sanga, yeah, Sanga's return. Sanga looks Did good. you get to see him play? Yes, I did. I, I did see him play the semifinal. Okay, I, I need an honest answer. Because I saw him too. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm struggling with, does he look a little chubby or is he more muscular? Because he kind of had man boobs. <laughs> He's a daddy now, okay? We got to forgive him. But I, um, I need to know what it was. He, he actually, looks good. You know, honestly... I don't know. Maybe it was rage because I was annoyed with his plane. I didn't even check out his body. How could you I'm not notice the man boobs? I, I know, I know, I know. Because I really thought that you know, and what, what, what was distracting me, honestly, um, Medvedev has a comb over and he's probably twenty. Like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> comb over. You're like twenty. <laughs> like just like Rublev. Like why are these Russian young men having these comb overs? Like why Meldonia, is this a thing? Meldonium makes you lose hair. I'm um, just like, that was distracting sorry. me. But the thing about it was just that um he was supposed to win. Um he had that match. He was up a break. He was up three love in the opening set and the first set. Then you know like and I was like okay, Sangha came out to play. Like he's gonna take over this match. Then he sat making these reckless, stupid errors, and then he sat getting frustrated. And then Medvedev was just like, okay, all I got to do is just sit here right, and just put the ball back over. He's going to fuck it up every single time. But and isn't he that just, what Sangha does? Well, lately. True. But I mean, like that was probably, you could say, you know, it's because of um, fitness issues. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, he got into the tie break. He was started to lead. And then I think he had like two, three set points. And then, of course, he did all of the things wrong, like everything wrong. And then Medvedev just basically, I wouldn't even say he stole it. He was gifted that match. Medvedev, and then Medvedev just, Medvedev just stayed solid. And I think, I don't know whether it was the excitement of being in this position that, you know, Sangha probably smelled, you know, success. A final. <laughs> a final, you know, because he really has been having he a shitty last he year. Got yeah, he got nervous or whatever the case may be, because... It wasn't, he did look fit. It, it looked like it, it, there wasn't anything bothered by him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't look like it was an injury. He was nagging injury. He just just played some shitty tennis at the wrong point. But you know what? I mean, it's this is one of those moments, right? Because this is what they say when you haven't played tennis for a long time, right? You, you just got to get match fit, right? 
fit. Like, in, and but in this case, probably mentally fit, like making yeah. the right choices. And right. Tom Longer always struggled with that, even when he was fit, right? Mm. Um, but it's you know, it's nice. I think what's interesting about Sangha is he's like, you know, we've got a couple of players who are returning who are really kind of conscious of the fact that this might be their last year. And they're sort of talking about how they're explicitly saying that they don't know how long this is gonna last. I think the other person you forgot to mention, Janina, is um, Andy Murray. Oh my God, I totally forgot about him. <laughs> we all forgot about him, but you know, Andre, uh, that's a good save. That's a good save for your fake redhead, a oh good save. Oh my gosh. So I, I did not see him play because unfortunately, he just played didn't last long, right? He lost right away. Yeah, he lost. But, um, Medvedev actually took him out, which I thought was a kind of a given. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody is expecting much from Murray right now. Oh, really? So what, no, I don't. Maybe on my no, timeline, you shouldn't be. I mean, if you I'm are, not, you're but on my timeline, right? Well, you can't tell them that. Well, true, but um, I mean, he's been away for so long; it's going to take him a while to get back. What I did notice about from pictures that I saw. My God, is he thin? Yeah, but they all are. So th well, maybe I'm not used to shirtless Murray picks. I don't know. Well, no um, one. But is. I think we need to. I mean, just like his face. I'm like, dude, are you on the Nole diet? <laughs> but you know what? When He's willing to try anything at this point, really, isn't he? Well, you know, I think I was thinking about that. I was thinking like, this is a person who had a knee and a back issue. So weight loss is probably a prescription, right? Like make sure that you are not carrying as much weight around. Weight. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah, I guess. You know, for somebody like that. And also, can I just make a public service announcement that I don't think we need to see shirtless Murray pictures that much? But no, he's far too pale. <laughs> but that's the well, only way he's gonna. Get I, in. I don't know Listen. if I can tell him that because nobody loves to take off his shirt and show itself in training. Like, dude. What's this about? Like, Murray had a tan. I'd be all for those shirtless Murray mm, pictures. He's got like nice abs and stuff. Mm, he, you know, he has a nice body. But nice. Ooh, Murray just reminds me of beans and toast. No, well, not interested. <laughs> well, that's perfect. That's that's like a that's perfect for his um where he comes from. No, yeah. but you know, it was I didn't miss Andy Murray in particular per se. But you know, I know his fans did, and so their excitement was kind of infectious. So was it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I'm not. I'm trying to be better than Andy Murray. No, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. I like Andy Murray. I do. I mean, look, <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't like Andy Murray or is if, well, actually, I am indifferent to Andy Murray, right? But you know what? He's not going to say any racist, sexist thing. So there is that safety involved as far as we know, right? I mean, he always picked the lowest hanging fruit, you know? I mean, like, women are people too. Yeah, Serena got multiple gold medals. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the tennis guru, right? We just need to verify something, whatever. What I do not like is the cause celeb around Andy Murray like he is the feminist fatal for the world, right? We have women issues. He can't help that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I find interesting about these, you know, these champions for the cause Murray's Andy Murray for the ally. They're more interested in hearing Andy Murray's opinion about women issues than actual women. I know. So, they really are. We 
Don't but you it. know what? I just got to put it out there. You know what? And in, in regards to Andy Murray tennis, look, I have long had the belief that Andy Murray is way too headstrong. And that has been proven in many instances from his conversation from coaches, whatever the case may be. Andy Murray had back surgery, right? Back yeah. surgery, right? I didn't even realize that he did like years ago. I mean, like when it had when it was happening, I yep. didn't realize that's why he was off of the tour. Yeah. And Andy Murray, let's be 100. Like I said, he and he in the top three, right? He ain't right. He's half with him and Stanley together. Top four. They could pull it together. Okay. Top four. But I'm just simply saying, and Andy Murray pushed himself beyond the limit to become like a Nole and a Diva Dow, right? He was following that model. He's going to grind you out on the baseline. He got no problem. He's going to give you the funky, wonky second serve, you know, from the WTA. He don't give a shit. He's going to junk you till the day come, cows come home from the back of the base. He pushed his body to the limit. His body said, bitch, you're done. You're done. We can't do this. But he continued. He had back surgery. He came. I think he won the U.S. Open afterwards. He get you know, really thing. He won the Olympics twice, whatever the case may be. All cute. You know, he won Davis Cup. All that's Hall of Fame already, okay? You're in there. But he continues to want to push his body and not just push his body to be back on tour and playing, you know, like a Afonini level. You know what I mean? Pick a tournament, feel like he might be in it. He's pushing his body again to be at the very, very, very top against players who are still strong and younger guys. And his fans are expecting him. And he's, dude, your bo- you don't have that body. You're walking wonky. You're walking like you're on a horse. You are, and I don't understand this, but well, you know what? He's learned his lesson. Well, I don't no, think he I has. Mean, I think it's hard. I think, you know, I think it's so interesting because that final push that Andy Murray made to get himself the number one and then winning the world tour finals, I think in the past, most players would be sort of satisfied with that. And then you kind of hear them kind of quietly go away and retire. But I think the the narrative for the ATP has changed so much in terms of, people feeling like they should and can be on tour for longer that I don't, that I think in some ways it's a disappointment if you were to not try to return and, and, and take it to the next next level. And to be honest, I saw somebody, I can't remember who is a fairly well-respected commentator. He put Andy Murray as like fourth for the possibility of winning a slam next year. Really? You know what's so funny about that? I mean, I can't even laugh about it. I can't even laugh about it because we all know that the ATP is somewhat, it's a complicated space. So knowing how to win a tournament is half the battle for for some of these folks. And remember, even in the middle of Andrew's injuries, he had gotten himself almost, what, to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon before he finally... Does that speak to his ability or the weakness of the tour? That's the question. A combination. I think it speaks to the fact that you know, I think we know that on the ATP side, experience is tremendously powerful, especially at slams. People just, ones who know how to do it, end up in second week. And Andy Murray was that type. I think he basically rode his way in that last Wimbledon that he was in with experience. Because there were players that had the ability to take it to him, but they just never did. Um, and so you're right. It's, it's a combination. It's a combination of the people who have won really are special and unique and they believe in themselves and the ones who haven't, they really struggle to get over that hump. And so I'm not even surprised that somebody penciled in Andy Murray as a potential slam winner, potentially at the U S open, because guess what? It's highly possible. (laughs) I doubt that. 
I'm going to put an asterisk to that Wimbledon <laughs> run to say, one, it happened at Wimbledon. Two, Wimbledon is on grass and it's Andy Murray's home place and all the hype and whatever the case may be. And thing, what I think is also interesting, what I think is a little bit different for the past couple of years, since that, since what, two years now? He wasn't there last year, correct? No. It was 2017. Is that there are a little bit, more, there are a few more younger guys who believe and, and willing and ready okay. for an opportunity to basically step on the throat of one of these guys. They don't give two shit. And he is the weakest link. I mean, and, think. And really, you know what? Traditionally, you would think so, but he's not the one that the top got. He's not the one that the top young players um, failed to beat. I mean, he's the one that the top young players failed to beat. Andy Murray has a surprisingly good head to head against some of these other players that you would assume he should be able to, um, you know, they should be able to um, overcome him because according to you, he's the weakest link, but not necessarily. But has his body, sh well, I mean, I don't know. This new version of Andy Murray, whatever he has, he's vulnerable. He's vulnerable, and it's gonna be in Australian heat and best of five. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if Andy Murray got very far. Like I said, the, the the hoopla and the hype around him at a Wimbledon is different. It's not well, gonna be the same. Probably gentler for him, and I guess he understands his body there. I just, it's um, you know, I think it's really challenging. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Well, at the very like least, still injured, and I don't see a change in the way he's playing. I don't see a change in his style of play yep. to compensate for the fact that he maybe can't grind it out as much, which is interesting. Which is which is strange because Andy Murray had that game before Lendl. He could return to a more sort of interesting style of play where he comes in, and you know everybody says he has all the shots, so I feel like he could do it. But when he got together with Lendl and settled into that sort of baseline grinding game, I I think, I think that I think you know honestly, God, I think that's more him who did that and more so Lendl. Lendl was just like, if this is what you want, I can give that to you. But hey. no, but I think Lendl told I think Lendl I think Lendl asserted to him that that was probably what was going to be essential for him to dominate a Rafa and a Nole. No, oh, fair enough because that wasn't working for Federer. No. Mm -mm. And in other news, in regards to Andy Murray, we just know he won't fuck up a draw this time around because he didn't see this. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not. I'm that. not betting against that. Well, there you know what? That. Bada bing. Well, I don't know. The other person who was supposed to be in Brisbane but withdrew, and we can talk about either this now or later, is Rafa. He was supposed to be there. He withdrew, well, but then showed up there. Crickets. So that's so much I want to say, but I think I've already said all of this already. You know what? Not, so listen, Andy well, Murray, let me just give you a little notes. The top guys take days off. They take months <laughs> off. Okay. Follow the, Andy, wanna, follow the Diva Dow model. Okay. Just don't play for months. The Diva Dow model. And Pick I'm a not. Season you want to dominate in and then just focus. Go on for that. it. Because this, listen, go back and look at what Rafa has done over the last year and a half on hard court and then come and talk to me. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. He I don't. Think, he don't play. I think we just. Need to, I think this. Don't believe in facts. They believe in fiction. <laughs> but I just. I just think we have to just. I think the reason why I've been thinking more and more about how things get covered and why people get confused, and I think it's just what people fail to say. You know, I think people proactively say Federer chooses not to play clay. Um, and so there's a sense that Federer has actively chosen to withdraw from a part of the season. Whereas I think the way it gets covered with Rafa, it's like he's reluctantly 
forced to not play certain seasons. But the reality is that if you think about the even just the last year, he's been quite proactive about not playing hardcore. Um, and I think that's fine. I think that this notion that we should be sort of surprised by Rafa's schedule, I think Rafa has been pretty fairly open about what his preferences have been um, and um, and how he scheduled himself for the last at least two to three. Well, but here's no. the thing. Despite that being the, 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 the case in evidence and him saying that, people still don't accept it. What do you mean when they don't accept it? I don't understand. Because, that. I mean, the reality of the situation is just like, for example, last year, right? He showed up at, um, I don't know if he played Brisbane. He may have played Brisbane and pulled out or lost early last year. And then he played Australian Open and that was it, right? He didn't play again until, I think he played a Davis Cup match. Um, and then for the clay, he went into the clay season. Didn't play anything after French Open, he won. And then he played Wimbledon, thought he was going to win. He lost in the semifinals, played one hard court match, showed up at the US Open, and then that was it for the year. It was done and dusted. Didn't play another thing for the rest of the year, right? He showed up again and said he's carrying an injury. In fact, he had surgery, but I guess nobody believed that because nobody really questioned it about that, right? We just saw that wheelchair picture and whatever the case may be. And this is pretty much how... So he has had months off. But then it's also... He puts it out there, you know, this is injury. That's what I was going to say. The he difference puts, he, is Federer does. Federer absolutely says I'm not playing clay because I don't want to play clay. He he has been honest about that. Um, oh, if he's not playing a tournament, any tournament, just like, look, it's just not right for my body. I need to listen to my sure. body. But as far as clay, because Andrean's like, you know, we talk about it differently the when when Federer skips this part of the season as opposed to Rafa. But I think the major difference there is that Rafa enters tournaments and withdraws and starts playing a turn or, or doesn't enter at all, pulls out before the draw or whatever, or he's withdrawing mid uh tournament with an injury. There's always an injury surrounding there. So whereas on paper, given what he's played and what he hasn't and what he's withdrawn from, um, I think only twice, and one of them was just this week, have we ever heard Rafa say, I'm not playing because my body needs a rest. Not, it's it, it's always been an injury, always. Not, I don't want to, my body, it's, it's not usually that. It's not usually that straightforward. There's always an injury attached, and that's the reason. He always makes it seem like, if I didn't have this going on, I would be there. Whereas Federer has said, I'm not going to win. I'm not playing. Like well, I think um I think this time around he withdrew because he supposed he has a torn something and he, he has a torn play. muscle apparently in his thigh yeah. and he has been told that if he plays it's going to get worse. Yeah. Right? Yes. But it doesn't negate the fact that he he didn't play in the tournaments. He's Listen, he's just, if he's you just, carry he's, he's injury, suspiciously, he's suspiciously injury prone every time, every time throughout the year. Except that play. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. If you are carrying these injuries that are forcing you to not be able to play, where the hell do they go come clay season? Or are no, you getting them I, all during clay season? Like, his body can handle clay better. But you know, the thing about it is, I mean, if you if we if we think about the way, um, if we think about that 
what Aga said about how the possibility that every single person is playing with injury or with pain. That's just the nature of tennis. Mm-hmm. Then really the nature of being a professional athlete, probably right. The nature of a professional athlete. Then really what it does say is that what it signals is that people are always injured and it's just a choice about when they're going to let the injury interrupt their schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you want to believe that language, I think Rafa is always injured. And then he just evaluates when the injury is going to be problematic. Yeah. Makes a choice that way. Right. So if you're always carrying an injure, injury, injury, Hard court doesn't work for you. Um, and people are better on hard court than you, right? Their game matches up a little bit better. So it doesn't pay to play. And then you end up settling into a season that actually is really, that rewards you because it has so many points. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about the clay season for him is that he knows he's the best on clay. And the points reward system is great. And so sure. he has the opportunity to accrue 5,500 points. 5,500 points on a surface that is his best surface, even if he's injured. Right. So I think he makes a really calculated choice to do that. And I just wish he would say that. But rather than I I wish people would acknowledge that that's what's happening. I certainly don't think he would, because have you seen the punishment when players proactively decide not to play? I think it's I think it's much more effective PR wise to show up at a tournament do the woeful press conference about the fact that you can't play because then (laughs) the the tournament looks worse if they come at you. It's far easier for the tournament to attack you when you don't even show up. Sure. What we've seen happen with other players who are more proactive and more sort of like responsible in that way for them. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm just tired of it. That's it. I mean, because it's clearly something. So let's acknowledge that it's something. It's a deliberate thing. I mean, it's been going on for five months. I know. And I think, like, it is like, like, oh my God, like, Listen, Rafa's not stupid. I think people were upset with Ben Rothenberg for for sort of detailing the withdrawal patterns. But I think really what the what he was saying for your problems with or with with or with with Ben Rothenberg, you know, whether you have problems with him or not, I think all he's saying is that this is just a strategic withdrawal that's that's unspoken, which is that this person withdraws from hardcore tournaments because he has evaluated that it's not it's not useful for him to do it, but he won't say that. Right. Right. And so that's all that it is. It doesn't even have because, to be smart. And by it's, extension, and by extension, if somebody chooses not to play at a certain place, don't drag them because they're trying to well, save sure, a part of their body. Sure. I think that sure. I, I think I think that is the other thing to say. I'm just look, whether Rafa wants to play wherever the less of I see Rafa, better it is for me. He's gonna show up at Lever Cup though. Tell you that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do what so you can. And it's gonna be great. We're gonna love it because we love him love it. Exactly. and Roger on court so together. So just that. One, this whole warrior narrative bullshit is problematic because it ain't true. It's just these warriors, are, it's, it's just like any warrior, right? They pick the battles that they know they're going to win on a surface that they know they're going to. They're not going to fight every fucking battle, right? They're not going to. They're just not going to. A man isn't going to go into forest with a whole with a sword fight. He's not going to have a sword fight in the forest because too many trees can get in the way. So <laughs> Rafa, you know, he, could, he, could, he could get this shit done. On this clay coat surface, and there's no need to kill him, pound around his body. Well, I just, I think it's fine for people to decide and say their schedule out loud. Without, I think that's fine too because it's their body. I mean, you know, I, I just dude, want... you're old. <laughs> yeah? 
Just say it. Just say, my body can't take it anymore. I'm going to play a surface that's better for my body. I'm always injured. But on that surface, the injuries don't mean as much. And then move on. That's a better But continue to drag Federer for trying to do the same thing, too. Well, or continue to drag continue to drag any other player that uh, that is of a certain age who's being proactive in that way. I think it's really I think it's really ridiculous and pointless to do that. I mean, I'm waiting for Novak to finally realize that that he's 30 plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. he's getting his body is getting his body's and getting hunger and energy just not there anymore. And I don't and, and it is okay for us to say these. I find that so crazy. Like I hate commentators being like, "Oh my god, this guy won this tournament 10 years ago." Why isn't he supposed to be up to doing it? No, he's not. And years ago, he did all of this. Right? <laughs> anyway. I don't get this. I find yeah. it so, so ridiculous. So Brisbane was full of information, right? It's um, yeah. Casey Corey looks like he's fit. He was able for to now. I know, but exactly. he was able to, Let's was accept able to get over that the Medvedev okay. for but now. You know what? He was able to get over the Medvedev hump, which is Medvedev had taken out a lot of good players for the week. Yes. So. That's actually a good And it was a three-setter as well. So Medvedev yeah. was feeling um, himself. So, you know, I'm always looking. For, if it can't be Federer, I always want Kay to win the Australian Open because it's nice to win your home slam. Um, so I think that's good news for Brisbane. And Rafish did show up and did the PR jazz, you know, some clinics. The, the tearful crying. Oh, I'll cut it out. If I could, no, I would. If I no, could, no, I no. would. I mean, you know, it's, it's helpful when they show up, um, you know, do some clinics, do the good PR work. So um, I think the tear will probably sort of repair itself well enough mm-hmm. um, to grind out five sets. Um, but be- let's be honest. Is anybody going to be surprised if it doesn't and he doesn't play? I don't know. I think I, I think, think what we should be surprised is that Rafa tried to show up in Brisbane and try to win the whole uh, Melbourne yeah. and trying to win the whole thing. No, I don't think he's going to withdraw. I think he's going to try to play and potentially mm-hmm. because remember he withdrew, he withdrew in the quarterfinals against Chilich last year with an injury. So I think he's going to play with the injury until he cannot play, which is exactly what happened to him at the U.S. Open as well against Del Potro, right? So. My, his pattern is not to withdraw from a slam. His pattern traditionally has been to play it. I'm just, but you know what? Here's the thing. So I think he'll play. While we're on this subject, rather interesting. People out here dragging the roof. Why <laughs> didn't y'all drag Rafa? Because Rafa dragged Chilich. Chilich was on the cusp. Let me tell you something. If Divadal had decided to finish that match, Chilich was not going to be in the final. Chilich was not going to be in the final. Huh? Delpo had to give his all, and it was a retirement that got him into the finals, and he couldn't do it. No, no. see, this is why I don't support fi- these, these fiction writers. I was telling you, nobody can drag. Listen, it's better to drag a roof. The roof don't have no fans. The roof ain't fuck up the roof does have fans. Cut it out. Of, um, in Melbourne. It was Diva now. Y'all didn't watch that match. Chilich was sweating bullets, and it was I not know. because of that. He didn't know if he could get over the hump. You know what I mean? He didn't know whether he was going to get over that hump. You know Chilich. You, y'all you know Chilich is sketchy. Still being fasted. Y'all know that motherfucker is sketchy. You know, you know who won Davis Cup for? You know who won Davis Cup for, for Croatia, right? Bona Chorich. Bona. It was Pona Chorich, people. So, y'all out here, you know, listen to me. That's my narrative for 2019. If I hear one of you motherfuckers talk about the roof one more goddamn time, I know. I'm gonna be like, you know, 
I like the roof, I think Even the next out. time I think the next time we all get together for a podcast, we should have the roof as a guest. Oh yes. Have him and her have him or her talk about the different <laughs> totally. boom. Close in and open. <laughs> oh my god. Meanwhile, right. these people talking about roof. I hope these people know Serena won most of Australian open under the roof. But you know what? We ain't got time to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> But Serena's the dominant champion, whether the roofs are on or off. So let's move on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She's an Indo queen in Melbourne. She's an Indo queen. Axe Feta. You want to talk about roof gate? Axe Feta. But I got a roof story for y'all, bitches. Leave Feta out of this. So let's talk about Doha. I mean, we kind okay. of did a little oh, bit. Meanwhile, yes. Oh, just to mention, uh, unfortunately, Nick Del Potro. Has withdrawn from um, already Australian the Australian Open. Open, whatever, dude. And the Australian uh, Open, essentially, yes, because of his um, fractured kneecap has not healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so ne- I think it's good. Healed. I think it gives himself a chance to get to the U.S. Open final. <laughs> oh shit! You <laughs> listen. Okay. That's well. Smart. When do you U.S. Open final likes, again? Because he got oh, there last he year. Likes that surface, so he's like, angry, but really, this is January, and you're exactly. talking August. Exactly. I can't with you. But he has to. He has to defend. Um, he has to defend Indian Wells. So he's not defending Indian Wells. Stop being silly. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, Doha. 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 Roberto Batista Agut. Agut. Our, our favorite. Our favorite humorless Spaniard. Skeletor won. Mm-hmm. There he beat Tomas. Leggy Burditch. Um, I just care that Burditch is back. And I care that he had on that horrible shirt that he was taking pictures with. And I want to see him on court wearing that thing with skulls and looks no, like a don't. bad no, Banksy no, painting don't. No, you don't. We have Fabio Fanini for that guy. <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need that. Burditch, since Burditch got with his wife, Burditch fashion has been elevated. She has cleaned him up. And we ain't got time for that messy. Yes, we know. You know what's good about Burditch, though? Um, I think similar to what you were saying, Janina, he looks very thin. You see his his face is very long and gaunt. Um, So Burditch, I think Burditch is someone to really watch out for because he's super fit. He is rested. Time off the tour. We know time off the tour. Yes. Works wonders. Works wonders because you know what? He can see a psychologist about Federer. Well, no, but if I we mean, go with the theory that everybody's always a walking injured player, time off the tour lets their body fully rest up, fully get better, and then they also get to work on aspects of their games that they're yep. struggling with. So mm-hmm. I think Birdie Listen. has a really good shot this year. I don't know if it's a slam, but definitely maybe, maybe another Masters title if he can. I think it could be good for Birdie. And you know how it is. When you, Stop it. Listen. Stop it. No, but you know when, of a major. Look at you. You know, you. you know when you leave a tournament, you know when you leave the tour and you return, you were you were reminded that you like this thing. I think it that's really, really Kevin Anderson had a good healthy run. He could be the new Kevin Anderson this year because you know what? No, he, Kevin he, Anderson is the Burdish of ever. So we just No, get I need Burdish to take back his stop, his spot. Yeah, I, thanks, I, I can't, thanks, I can't, I can't thanks, with Katie, Katie, whatever dog. No. That. Yes, exactly. We want we want Burditch, to I need you back, back where you belong. Okay. We experience where does he belong? Back right in the top here. ten. A oh, permanent okay. 
a permanent fixture to lose when he needs to and occasionally mm -hmm. provide the mm -hmm. upset. Listen, mm -hmm. I am perfectly happy with a fit Burdich winning anything he can win. He deserves it. He's been there for a long time. And when he is on, he's on and he can beat anybody. Well, great for anybody. you and your small goals, Janina. Great no, for you and your small goal. goal. It's but Andre and I are thinking about bigger picture here. I okay? think he's more dangerous than you're giving him credit for. I That's so, what I'm yeah. saying. And of course, being in the top 10 makes him dangerous. He's not going to roll up in the winning small oh, tournament. Oh, bullshit. We know damn well being in the top 10 don't mean shit for Burdick. He was there for a decade and didn't hardly win didn't nothing. Didn't do anything. This is a fresh, refreshed Burdick. I, so I don't think it's going to matter what his ranking is so much. He's He's healthy. That's it. He's healthy, and that's what's going to be the biggest deal. And he had a nice road. He had a nice road to the final. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I think he had a nice, a, a very nice road to the final. So I think good on him. I mean, his yep. first tournament back in yep. how long? Like, he's been MIA long with Murray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he's in a final. So well on to him. And, uh, you know, he can be skinny. He's still pretty. And Roberto, um, and let's not spare a word for Roberto. Um, as you said, the humorless Spaniard. Um, he beat um Novak in three sets, I think, in the quarterfinal stage. And Novak is now 0-3 in the last three tournaments. Great. I love to hear that. <laughs> Usually means that he's gonna show up at a major and wipe everybody with on the court, but you know, I like it when he loses. Yeah, I'm petty like that. I think uh, I think it is interesting about Novak, though, because first of all, Novak, I think the only difference between the outcome of that match is that Novak finally encountered somebody who was willing, willing to take it to him and win. Because um, didn't our new, um, didn't our, our new Czech, our new Czech player, he also had Novak on the ropes, no? Which Czech player? O's, O's favorite beautiful Czech player. Um, Fuk oh, Sissy Pass? No, Fukosovic. No. Oh, he's Hungarian. Boy. Is he Hungarian? Sorry, yes, Hungarian. He he's so beautiful. But Fukosovic, he should have beaten Novak. He really should have. He should have done it in two. Mm. And again, somehow another, somehow another, Martin's game matches up with Novak because I think Novak lost a set to him at the U.S. Open as well, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So it's just like I just think that. He finally encountered, and the same thing, he was struggle tennising for Novak anyway. Throughout, he came back, he was always down a set. Novak basically struggled the entire tournament, except to um, Dumas, which we know he is. He he lost a set to Fukosovic, and he lost a set to um, Lashvili. Lashvili. Yep. And so, so I think I think RBA was just one of those, I mean, let's just call him one of the person who was steady enough to say, listen, I'll, and actually, weirdly enough, the one player who Novak wasn't down a set to. <laughs> so, so, you know, when Novak was cracking his racket in, um, like, in the second set, I was like, why is he cracking his racket? You're up a set already. Like, you know what I mean? It was the reverse of where you'd been all week. <laughs> and I thought for sure he'd take care of it. But who knew RBA would sneak the tie break and then win in the end, you know? But it's hard to ever say anything about Novak, right? Because it's like... It's true. But I, I, I do think often... often but... You know, it's funny because, again, you know, sometimes we always expect champions to get to relive their past glories, right? Because he had an amazing 2018 in the second half, right? He just, like, blitzed yep. through everything. And, and, and we thought, this is he, he's going back to 2011, 2014, was it? I don't know, whenever. Um, form all over again. 
but he has been crashing and burning in the most unexpected places against the unex most unexpected people. Like you would have thought that you know that in the Paris meet in the Paris Masters finals, this would have been the last place for him to fall over to a catch enough in a final you know, in a finals, right? I mean, if he had fallen well, over in the middle of the week, it could have been like whatever, you know, form break, you I know, think whatever. That just goes. That that's that's mental weakness. But this is where he's making his bread and butter. His bread and butter is to be delivering in these big matches against these tiny people. You know what I mean? Because he's rolling down and dusted people, and there is nothing injury related. Why he's quote unquote struggling? If we can say that's the thing, like struggling, you know, um, because he didn't win. I said against Kachanov or um, Sasha, he lost in straight sets. Endorsement. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's curious to see, because, you know, we all expect Novak to return to dominant Novak, but I think it's hard for people to be dominant in their 30s. I mean, we know that. So we know that, that it's like up and down. So I'm curious to see what the ride for Australian Open will look like for Novak and whether he will be untroubled or whether he'll, um, you know, will have some interesting moments because God knows we need it. Um. We do need it. We <laughs> definitely need it. All right, what so, else do we have? Hopman Cup. Hopman Cup Ooh. is the last, huh? So I'm just going to put it out here. Just going to put it out here. Be 100. You know who reels out is. Um, yeah, we should have taken Michael Moore instead of um, Francis Tearful. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. You know what? You're right. I didn't even consider it. You are fact, so right. The way things going, we didn't even need Francis Tearful. We should just let Serena try it on her own in the mix doubles. <laughs> Oh like, God. girl, do your best. Cause I mean, it was just like, brother. I mean, this Hotman Cup is the kind of thing where you sort of like test your game, you work things out. It's not that serious, kind of serious, you know. You come out there with a plan. It is, you know what I mean? It's not as in, it's not as intent because you know there's three guaranteed singles matches that you would play, right? So maybe this time you work on whatever. Don't know the fuck tier tearful got bageled by Cameron Nuri. Bageled by camera. I mean, like, you let a scrub, <laughs> a scrub bagel you. Maybe the moment was too much. Maybe just being around. A Hotman Cup is not a moment. <laughs> Stop. But you had three moments. You had three moments. But in fact, six. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. I mean, like, you know what? Okay, the sissy fat match, whatever. Cameron knowing, okay. I mean, I'm I can't forgive that, but you know, let's forgive that. But you didn't even try to drag Federer. I mean, the motherfucker is 37. You know what I mean? You have played him competitively like twice. You didn't try any god damn look. I mean, seriously. I'm telling you. And he's not even interested to even be a fuckboy. That's the worst part about Francis Tiff. I'm just like, I don't even know why, why I should even be there anymore. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, because, I mean, like, if you're not doing anything interesting on the court and you're not doing anything off, like, off the court, why should I even bother? Oh I, I think he's quite fun off the court. People mm. enjoy him. But, I mean, he didn't perform well on court. Well, I'll tell you a, a Hotman Cup TFO story. What? Oh. So I'm watching it. <laughs> right? I'm watching it on TV. And, uh, it's TFO and Sissy Pass. And Jason walks in and he looks at the TV. And he said, Who the fuck is this? 
I said, Why what? So <laughs> right? I, I wish you could see his face. And he goes, I said, it's Sissy Pots. Because I knew. He goes, but what's the other one? And who is who? <laughs> what? One's black and one's white. Let's make it easy. But I think he wanted like the name to tell him something. <laughs> I was like, it's TFO and Sissy Pass. He was like, what's a Sissy Pass? What is that? I was like, he's hipster. That's why the Sissy Pass is. He was like, you know what? <laughs> he just kind of threw his hands up and walked away. I said, TFO's the black one. It's true. I mean, like, if you had seen the name, you might not show. Oh, it was time which name too. You're horrible. I don't that know. That was what, my TFO highlight. I don't know what that story says, but I think it says more about you than TFO. <laughs> oh, but I have another. I have another. That was the wow, most interesting look. thing that happened surrounding him. That's all. Oh, okay, people. Serena, you all look like you're going to the wrong event. Okay, mm-hmm. don't know why, but couldn't someone get? for a proper tuxedo. He looked like he borrowed that from somebody. Like, like well, maybe he did. I can't. I can't. I can't with this mess. But you know what? Mugs look real good. She looked real good at that event. And I gotta say, she wasn't wearing denim. And in that picture, <laughs> she was in that hot red dress. I'm kidding. Mugs, she might not be focused on her tennis, but she's focusing on her fashion, and that's all I wanted from Mugs. Oh my <laughs> god. Fashion. Well, let's just um, round out Hopman Cup by, well, first of all, let's talk about Serena and Federer. Okay. So did everybody get to see it? No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't see that. What I saw was Roger Federer and Belinda Binches versus Serena Williams and Francis Tiafoe. That's what I saw. Oh my God. I can't take you real. <laughs> idea about Federer versus Serena. I mean, come well, on. We, know, we, we know. live in a world of fucking Trump who has been destroying language. Can we not say this kind of bullshit? Out? Can we not put that out there, people? We're smarter um, than that. We can do better than that. Well, I have to say it was very helpful to get people interested because people thought it was a battle of the sexes. I saw <laughs> They I, did, you know didn't they? People I, really have to say, I have to say, <laughs> you know, because you know, everyone knows my tennis love. So it's always interesting the moments people tweet or Facebook me about tennis. Right? <laughs> I mean, just like, God damn. And somebody tweeted me the article. I think some fashion magazine did a piece. I didn't even read it. Did a piece about, um, oh, it's the new battle of the century. Really? <laughs> that, that, that happened? That, yeah. I was just going to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That happened? Yes, it really was. Oh it was a new God. battle of the sexes. This is, why, I, this is why we never have nice things. This is why. Wait, yeah. I responded. I was like, guess what? They get to have partners this time. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, listen, God, when you gets in the mainstream media, you just have to deal with the misunderstanding about it. You know, well, you, you know what? No, you, you see, that's not my problem. My problem is that people who are involved in tennis promote that shit. They let, they are the one, they're getting that energy from those people. Are they? I hope not. I think that's what it is. Look at any place where, where the public has misunderstood something. You just check your timeline for the people who talk about tennis and who cover tennis, and you, excuse me, you see the same mess in their words. It wasn't Roger versus Serena. It just wasn't. Well, 
someone and i don't even remember who was like wow i heard that that was like the biggest hopman cup ticket sale ever is anyone really surprised by that hello these are the two biggest seat fillers in the world of tennis nobody nobody hands down sells more <laughs> tickets than serena and federer <laughs> nobody like what i mean it's news because that's what tennis does they talk about sales um more than any other sport it's so weird but it's really not news i mean it was kind but, of like a given but you know what's interesting about that right they talk about sales and then they get upset with us where we see nobody's watching shenzhen right they get when you say go on your timeline just go on your timeline and put up a comment and say God damn, nobody's watching Shenzhen. I listen. The 50 best million people will rush and go at your face, but then they turn around and be like, "Oh my God!" You know, um, you know what? Uh, um, Italian, whatever women's tournament, our men's <laughs> tournament, sold the most tickets. Like, how am I supposed to care? <clears throat> when do I talk about fans engagement at the actual tournament? Makes no sense. But anyway, the best, sorry. The the best thing about that was the uh, interview. When it was over, when um, they were interviewing Federer and then said, you know, but we, this is a big deal. Let's acknowledge this moment and bring Serena back on court. So there were two really good things about that. The two of them gushing over each other, which <clears throat> was um, uh, in my timeline, some people felt that that wasn't genuine. And that was interesting to me. I didn't get that impression at all. I saw a few different people saying like, oh, they were trying too hard to compliment each other. Um, it seemed like they were looking for the heard, right thing to heard, say. Have they heard Fed talk about Rafa? I'm just, just, just asking. <laughs> I, I was just like, <coughs> I'm thinking, are you, did you watch the same thing that I watched? Because I didn't find it disingenuous at all. I thought it was really nice and refreshing. Um, I was way more interested to see what both of them had to say about each other afterwards than watching them. I really, I wanted to hear because in my mind, I have always felt like Serena serve would hold up very well against anybody. And mm -hmm. I wanted someone of Federer's caliber who was playing her in a serious way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to that. And I was glad that he did. And I loved that he was like, I'm nervous. <laughs> this is Serena <laughs> Williams. And I couldn't read her serve. And, you know, the way that they were interacting and talking about each other. And how many times have it has been said on this podcast. And then Serena says, I don't really know if I'm supposed to say this, but Roger Federer has one of the most underrated serves in tennis because it's good and you cannot read it. Like, so like hearing them talk about each other in that way, I just, I loved it. Like I was gushing. I could watch that over and over and over again. I think it was they have the same person that they love and they're both a uh, huge fan of Pete Tampers. <laughs> Oh. Well, but it was, I mean, it was nice because I'm thinking, I've, I've always kind of wondered, you, you hear certain players talk about when they're playing mixed doubles, how, you know, they say, hit it to the girl, because that's going to be the weak spot, right? Um, it's not a secret. That's how they play. Now, this time around, move. give it to Francis. Exactly. That is a weak spot. Exactly. Yeah, and we that. saw that. We saw exchanges between Federer and Serena back and forth, back and forth. And 
they're hanging tough with each other in, yeah. you know, and then who changes it up? Fetter. I'm going to hit it's TFO. Who fucks it up? <laughs> Francis. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's usually the other way around. I mean, like just to watch that from just the pure dynamic of watching these two people who are the best of the best in their respective jobs. That was special. And it is weird that they've never played. However, what, you know what I got out of that? Man, fucking team up you two for a mixed doubles event. <laughs> well, I think yeah. the thing to me about the, the sort of like question about Hotman Cup is like, how is it though that you have these two players who've been around for a really long time and this is the first time they're, you set this in motion? Well, Serena like, why doesn't don't... typically play Hotman Cup, does she? But you I don't mean, need to, it doesn't have to be a Hotman Cup. She has. She has played it. She yeah, played she, this, it this is like a third or fourth time. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's interesting yeah. because, you know, I've been looking at a lot of nostalgia for Hotman Cup. She you played know, here in 2015, I'm almost sure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think. in the past, some time ago. Because she, she won it before. I'm almost sure she's won it. Yeah, and I think Federer started like um, I think he's played earlier, but then he's really only come back for like the last three like um, three years, right? Because yeah, he, um, he has a contract here. But I just think it's really interesting because it's like it's almost like it's almost like tennis has to accidentally stumble on its greatness. Greatness, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know, like, right? Why wouldn't you look down on a piece of paper and said, "Hey"? We need to figure out how to get Federer and Serena on the same tennis court. How do we make that happen? Or we need to figure out how to get Rafa and Serena on the. Do you know what I mean? It's like you. And so suddenly everybody's like, oh, whoa, is um, Hopman Cup? And I'm like, but they haven't used Hopman Cup to their advantage. You know, and, you know, and I don't know, it's just really strange to me because now everybody's like, you'll never get something like this again. Why aren't we trying to save Hopman Cup? You know why? Because you haven't maximized it. You finally maximize it, but it felt like it was even accidental. And people are like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, Federer and Serena are going to be on a court together? What? No, right? People are just stupid. Tennis is stupid. Like, let me run this shit. That's the part of it that I think is so strange is how tennis doesn't really understand what it has until it's leaving. And then they sort of recognize the magic that You're it right is. right about I think, that. You know, and I, but and I also you know think... What? I think it's related to how tennis coverage happens, is that it spent well, so much time being Serena, negative sometimes. Serena won this twice with Marty Fish and James Blake. Yeah. 2003, 2008. So the issue has probably been they've not been there at the same time the that same often. Time. Yeah, and when, when Federer won it with Martina Hingis, this was in 2001. No, I'm not saying that it's what I'm not saying that it's not possible. What I'm saying is that if you have an event like this, you can structure it so that you get the matchups you want. Yeah. Highlight your sport. So when people look at the at um Hotman Cup and talk about how amazing it is, which it has been, it has had some interesting moments, I feel like you could be much more constructive in putting together things that are going to generate press and generate fan engagement. And I think that they haven't always maximized that. And so now in this kind of moment of nostalgia, they're suddenly seeing the value of Hotman Cup. When for quite some time, I felt like they were sort of dismissive of it. It was just that it was just like a like a shit, like a hit and giggle kind of thing. Yeah. 
And now people are like, but it's one of the few times that there's a co-ed tournament and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, you guys didn't paint it that way, though. And y'all are interested in eco women's work when y'all didn't want to pay them no money. When y'all turn, around, y'all turn around and then talk about women don't deserve equal pay, but you want them to go to a, an event like this where they're half of the draw. But I don't understand. Where, that, how does that connect to the larger theme, though? I don't no, know but, no, no, my point is just that, you know, it's, it's very, that tennis always, the idea that you were speaking about, that tennis keeps missing the point of looking down and this thing and whatever. So they don't value this until all of a sudden, and then they want to value this now all of a sudden today, and then they turn around tomorrow and then say, oh, some of them say like women don't deserve equal pay in re- in this regard in, in this on, in this sport. So it's like I don't understand. This is always on two different talking about the same thing, but if two always of two different minds, two different opposite points. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it was you know it was it was really great, but I kept thinking to myself, how come you guys haven't staged this so that you would have gotten this sooner or staged other. Right, so other, other events because it doesn't have to be Hotman Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to recognize who your stars are and figure out ways to create <laughs> right. um, environments I mean, that you can be together. Exactly. You you pay you pay these players to come and show up, right? You do yeah. that. So you know what? Let the powers that be say, "Hey, play mixed doubles here. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it." Ask you them. know. Ask them to do it. They can say no. And you know what? As far as we know, maybe they have and they have said no. But, you know, at a, at a master series event or something, like Indian Wells, where a lot of the singles players play doubles, play mixed doubles. Well, actually, I thought it was interesting since they're playing fast four here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is something they can add to the mix event because they it doesn't could. take up that much of time. Right. So well, that's you know- what I was kind of excited about this. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, because the larger question is like in the in sort of Hopman Cup and people recognizing the value that Hopman Cup suddenly has. And now it's like it, the, the question becomes what? Are gonna we going to keep it? Is it coming? Is it, it going? Yeah. You know, I mean, the other thing is, you know, right away, there's this question of, you know, the ATP Cup and everything. But I was like, and and Labor Cup. But I was like, you know what you could do? There's no reason why you can't introduce a woman's version of the Labor Cup. I've said that from the jump. I don't see why that's not possible. Even I mean, people are so busy being upset about it, but I don't see why we don't understand that that the viability of the Labor Cup and what makes it attractive could easily work on the WTA side as well. And because things are happening that that, that cannot happen on the tour, right? Exactly. Yeah, or awesome. I mean, in some weird ways it can, but right because there's usually well, yeah, like you know, come you know, same thing, same pairing, same people going up against each other. I think it could be really fascinating. So I don't know. I just, um, it was interesting to watch the excitement that people had to see Federa and Serena play across from each other. I mean, I was part of it. I loved it. I love the pictures that came out of it. I love the selfies that came out of it. I love the interviews that came out of it. I thought that would have been the obvious question people would have asked. I saw, I saw cute. I thought I don't think they talked about kids, but I did see a cute tweet from Tony. He said, uh, "Is are the Federer kids going to be in 
the stand with Serena's baby because people are going to go nuts, which is true, but I don't think it happened. I didn't see any of the Federer. No, um, I never think Logan um, even interested in tennis. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But if she's following the ball back and forth, and then she's just like, yeah. So, I mean, I have to say, I agree with Janina. I mean, my thing about it too is I don't know if Serena and Federer have a natural friendship, but I definitely think they have a natural respect for each other. That's yeah. super clear. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's what- At the very least, they can, talk, they can talk tennis in technical terms. Yeah. And that is very insightful and interesting. I don't need to, I, I don't need to, I don't know what kind of personal thing- I don't exactly. need kumbayas. Exactly. <laughs> sure. I don't even, I don't know what, I, I, when people, when I was reading that online, I was just like, what did y'all expect them to do? We wanted well, to say, Serena, can I braid your hair? But and you know what? No, here's what the thing. No, like, I'll tell you what it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what I think it is. Very rarely does Federer say things, and we don't believe him. We we believe that what he's saying is genuine. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, mm-hmm. that can't be said for everyone. So. That being said, I don't know that if that was, say, Nole, and I'm not, I'm not picking on Nole. I'm just saying Nole. Um, if that would have been him on the other side of the net in that interview at the end, and he was saying that he was nervous because he's going, I don't know, this is Serena Williams, and I have match point. I don't know that I would have thought that to be genuine, but I believed Federer in. I don't, I just, I feel, I feel like he is always um, given the opportunity. He will be open and he, he's not as guarded and worried about saying the right thing to please everybody. I guess I don't, I don't feel like he's that person. He will, he will say um, truly what's on his mind. And I just didn't feel like it was calculated. Whereas I think with some other people on the tour, that interaction wouldn't have been genuine. Like I had no reason to believe because we know Federer will say like, yeah, I get nervous. Like he says that you don't ever really see it on court um, in his body language, so to speak. You might see a couple double faults or whatever, you know, but you don't, usually outward see his nervousness um but he'll talk about it whereas a lot of other players don't they just kind of well no i'm just focusing on my game whereas federal well yeah you know it's it's match point and you're surfing and you're thinking i don't want to fucking double fault you know like he'll talk about things like that so for me it just felt real and I don't, I don't think you get that with with everyone when they speak. I really don't. And another really good part about that was um, watching TFO and Belinda on the sideline while they were conducting that on court interview, knowing that, knowing, <laughs> knowing that they didn't. Yeah, like no one wants to talk to us right now, and that's okay <laughs> because they looked about as entertained as I did at home. Like they were into the moment. Like they were like, you know what, this isn't about us, and it looks pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's some interesting there's some interesting dynamics by people who I saw who were really uncomfortable seeing Federer and Serena together on court, and I think it's really striking for people to recognize that really Serena is the Federer of her sport. Yes, in, in the WTA side, like and uh, that you know, she Serena of his sport. What well, you yeah, know, but only, I mean, like, not only that, 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 in terms of who are entering it from Federer's side, because I found mm-hmm. that 
hesitation, much mm-hmm. of it from the Federer fan side. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I couch it that way. It could easily be the other way, but they are the leaders of their respective tours. Right. You know, so it's not, you know, because people she's like, better. And they, and they transcend tennis. Yeah. They both yeah. transcend tennis, but she's actually better. She's got the better stats, you yeah. know, in, in terms of her sport. In right. Term, so, yeah. In terms of, and so it's, I think, and I think it's, it. I think people's presumptions and anxieties and biases also come out when they look at them interact. Yeah. So sometimes how you feel and what you're seeing is really more about you and what your own anxieties and issues mm-hmm. are with the player. And I don't know what the anxiety was all about because I mean, like, well, why, you know, why these two have not been in a room? Not even just even about on the court. For sure. These two should have been in a room having a discussion ages ago. And I, I know. hope someone tried to figure that out. They should put them on a platform and talk about what's it like to be the leaders in their respective schools. Exactly. You know, and nobody's anything. ever done that, really. I mean, that's, you know, and so it is It is sort of interesting that they haven't, but that's, maybe that just reflects the way the two tours are really going about their own way. Well, right? I think it. I think it's a direct reflection of the fact that um, they don't interact. Yeah. The we know don't. this. It the really tours don't. Really I mean, they're friends. No, as, far as, as far as the players, you know, of course, they interact with each other on some level because they're with each other week in and without. And they're, and they're in the same place so often. But as far as how they conduct business, mm-mm. They don't. Well, no, I'm, I'm just simply saying that I guess it's probably because how people cover that someone within tennis, right? Any one of these idiots in tennis coverage, whatever case, and be like, oh my God, can you imagine the conversation that Roger Federer and Serena sitting down and I'm leading that panel discussion kid, that afternoon? That would be really interesting and whatever. That, but it's funny, but I think it's how the media within tennis perceives Serena and how they perceive Federer. Yeah. There's a completely different narrative. It says, oh, it's Serena completely has different. To, Serena has to constantly prove her greatness every goddamn week. Right, Roger Federer, his greatness is accepted. Right, I mean, even con- Andy Murray's greatness was accepted before he got a slam. Exactly, oh. it's, almost, it's almost like people are clamoring to hear what Andy Murray got to say, and I was just like, I don't know why. <laughs> no, but it I, is, it it is, it is noteworthy. I, th- I think that's what it is. It's not about them interact because I mean, how hard it is. I mean, like, why wouldn't they sit down for an afternoon with each other and have a discussion? I mean, they're both articulate people. They're both they're not they they're they're both media trained and media savvy, and it's to talk about tennis and themselves. Why well, wouldn't they sit down to do it that? It was interesting because during the interview, Federer said something about how well you know we do have a lot in common, and I think even Serena was a little bit startled by that. And I was like, well, yeah, and because I think we never characterize them as having much in common Mm-mm. in their dominance of their sport. Listen, Federer is a press darling and Serena is the ice queen. That's how they're characterized in the media amongst the media people. Yeah. So, but- so the thought, yeah, it sounds all great and good that you would get them in the room and sit down and have a conversation with them. But Listen, the press is afraid of Serena for whatever reason. For whatever reason, I, they yes do not. No, look, no they I do not been, interact with her the same way they interact with Federer. I have not been in, I have been in press conferences with Federer and Serena, and the way in which I see it's Serena has reason to be guarded, right? Sure. She has absolute all the great best of reasons to be guarded. In one case, of me, but there is a difference in how she's they engage her. That's what I'm saying, right? They're afraid and of it has, her, and it, and it has nothing to do with being afraid of her. That's not oh, what it bullshit. is. 
Nope, 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 nope. I mean, because here's the thing. You're a journalist. You expect there to be some sort of like iciness, resistance to be, because your job is to get some kind of salacious information out of this person, right? You expect that. You can't expect to be sitting on every post you interview. It's almost like peaches and cream, you know, having coffee with your friend. and one Tennis, you do. But that is absurd. No, why don't we get these nice? I think that's why I think that's really the challenge for tennis journalists is to recognize that in some way that relationship should kind of be slightly combative. Like it's not. And I think it's they're always sort of surprised when it is mm-hmm. because they remark on it. Like I didn't get the answer I wanted, or this person was like, you know, because um, I mean, because I have been Federer's you know, like Federer, Federer is not easy going, whatever. He's very, I don't want to say combative, but he's he's he don't he's he doesn't think twice to check a motherfucker. Be like, nope, you didn't say it. That's not what it is. He corrects these people all the time, so he's not. So he's I don't want to say, but he is not viewed as aggressive. But, but but this has nothing. But my point is that this is not on the player. This is on the people. In the, and how the, they interpret them. It's how they interpret it. It's the journalists. Because I'm just simply saying that I am surprised that you had that these two people, right? These two people who are carrying your sport, that y'all had to wait on the random selection of Hotman Cup <laughs> to have a discussion about to put them together. And then and y'all took away all the crazy reason because right now I'm giving y'all free ideas. I hope y'all send me a check. I would have been trying to have an evening with Roger Federer and Serena. But you all had these people so many times at Wimbledon winning together <laughs> for the evening. <laughs> I mean, they've danced together. I mean, seriously. I mean, but y'all, but you know what? Y'all, every time, every time y'all see Serena, y'all think she's the odd one out. She's yeah. the one who, she's the fraud. She shouldn't be here. Oh, because let me just, you know why I think it's going to be a bad interaction? Roger Federer and Maria Sharapova. That's not going to be a fun evening. It's just not. Well, they it's both haven't ex- done the same thing for their sport. They, I mean, the only thing that you could say about no, them even, is, even if you decided you want to put them even, together in the same I know, room. But in terms of leadership, that's the weirdest thing, right? Putting them together would make sense because they're both, they were both brand ambassadors, right? They were both Nike people. So they did that Brazil thing together. But interestingly, they don't have the same relationship with their sport. Yeah, y'all they, tried to look better or try to help Nole out. Didn't happen. <laughs> you, know you know what, what I mean? mean? Like, it would make more sense to put Venus and Federer together and talk about the politics of having been on the Players' Council for years. You know, mm-hmm. you could put um, Serena together and, and, and Fed and talk about leading their sport comfortably for 20 plus years. You know, right. so it's, it's really interesting. I mean, what you, what you could uh-huh. say for Sharapova and fed is like oh maybe you guys are the leading people who made money for the sport for a while <laughs> right. and, sports events, and what but here's, the, but here's the thing you you would have more people fighting to put that thing together i know, I know. To, because i mean right about now as as roger said you have so so many things in common we have kids we have to travel around with kids we got lives we are same age we got to think about our bodies. We have body issues in terms of bodies breaking down and we still want to be on top. That's why I want to hear from. That's and then the also story. their approach to the game is similar in his mind as well, is their dominance is based on their willingness to control their own matches. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and control it from the very beginning. From the, the third serve. <laughs> from the serve onward. <laughs> it was fascinating. That, it was a little bit of a hint. That, of is, that is clicking. It's funny because and it, because it's almost a similar thing that we got from the the the, the Raja uh, Divadal documentary, right? Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. is trying to cast them as completely different beings, 
but yeah. they're the same animal. They're the same <laughs> exact yeah. thing when it comes to their job. They have the same thought process. You know what I mean? But it's we want to control everything. Making them exactly, yeah. and and it's a, and it's not only our biases. We're projecting this narrative there that is not even. There's no evidence for it. I know there is nothing. <laughs> there is nothing to support this thing. That these two people, why won't they be able to come to be? They're rich. Rich people <laughs> hang around other rich people at the That's very not. least. Oh my god, they got lots of money. Rich people don't hang with broke people. They don't hang with broke motherfuckers. Why? Oh, why? They're in charge of their this sport. That was great. Anyway, so, all right. Moving let's, on. Um, but anyway, I just have to say in terms of the Hotman Cup finals, um, it was really good. Um, the mixed doubles, I was surprised that there is the, the tiebreaker ends and the person who gets to five. Four. That was it's brutal. Five. That was brutal. No, no, no. The tiebreaker. The tiebreaker oh, doesn't tiebreaker. go to seven. <laughs> tiebreaker goes to five. Yeah, it is <laughs> it's brutal. A it's a mess. <laughs> hey, no. Look, Federer had that complete look. I don't know. Someone told it, and you know what? People, we should have more mixed doubles. We really should. Yeah, make it's fun. So we can get. We don't have to be long drawn up matches because mixed doubles at Grand Slam events is um no deuce point, and final set tiebreaker, um super tiebreaker. But anyway, I have to say it was nice watching Angie and Zarev play together because that you know Zarev looked like he's not interested in anything. I All know. of a sudden, he was in control. He was like Angie, you know, he was giving Angie the, the and they work well together. Did they? they? Get... People say that you are the only one that believes. I've that. not heard that. You're the only <laughs> person that said Listen that. Everything me. I've seen, it was what is she going to do to beat his ass in the hallway because he didn't show up? <laughs> People projecting onto this thing. They they comfortably got to the final, didn't they? They comfortably yeah, they got to the final. Yeah. There was no would... doubt. There was no doubt that Germany was going to get to the final. I think Andy won it... all of the singles matches. Yeah. I think that I think that um, what people were talking about was the final. He didn't show up in the final. In the final, yeah. He didn't show up probably for the singles. But let me tell you something because, um, and that it should... was overreach in in the mix that caused them the final. No, no, probably. because all of those <laughs> fiction and facts. All of those do job do Switzerland won the first set for love. Mm-hmm. All of them, because there was no um, deuce points and whatever the case may be, and um, final point tiebreaker, whatever the case may be, they were involved in all of the games. Mm. It's, but it's I saw some, fool. I saw some shots that were clearly curvers that Zverev just and like, oh, in. I'm gonna handle yeah. this, and he went into the net. So you know, know your role. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but but for me, I thought they played really well. Uh, Angie had some great highlights in that thing. Hey, she had the shot of the tournament. I'm pretty uh, sure. Oh, they're in the post from Federa. Yes, I love that back and forth between them. That was great. I loved it, and I loved her reaction, and that was fun. I I also love the fact that the Greek players beat the um, the benders and then stole their gear. (laughs) 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 Because who's not going to steal Federa's towel? James Blake let us know that that's quite common. Everybody wants a Federer towel. It's so it's so typical of an unwashed hipster to try to see that man <laughs> the towel. James stole a brand new towel, okay? Or so he says. No, it was brand new. They got tons of them in that locker room. Trust me. I so he says. Well, who doesn't want a towel with Federer's name on it, dude? Right. I want one. Thank you very much. Thank you. I certainly do. But anyway, I thought that um, Sasha was definitely learning in the doubles because he was yeah. moving forward. He was coming forward. But it was it was look they, in the in the sec, in the third set. 
because they have rallied around them in for the second set to get a full one, right? Mm -hmm. And he figured it out. Go after Benchich, right? Because Benchich <laughs> is afraid, right? Because <laughs> even though it's women balls that they're playing with, you never know how hard he's gonna hit the ball, right? And then you know, Federer, you know, Federer is always like, come forward, girl, go forward, you know, Federer is always it. And how much did very... you love Belinda saying that Federer talked a lot? Because it's so well, true. <laughs> I mean, but this is how doubles work. You're not mind readers. You need but someone. She kind of made it seem like I had a hard time concentrating at times because you talk a lot. I mean, like because I felt I needed to, and I was like, "That's on you." <laughs> you know, because exactly because I mean, you have full good players on the court, so anything can happen. I mean, you know, I'm just gonna make something out of nothing. You know, because there were shots where Federer was just like, "I'm gonna win this point." Andrew just like, "No, bitch, you're not." Like that around the that around the um post. I mean, like how the that came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, nice. Angie was fit enough to do that. So I mean, like since, and plus, you know, the men don't play with the women, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you don't, it's an unknown quantity. They don't even watch each other matches that much. So it was fun. It was really good. And that they were spread the rest of for the match. Got broken at love. <laughs> Creating unnecessary excitement and drama. <laughs> that was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Well, and then there right? right? was only, and all it was right, just it only by mm, they just won that match. It could have gone either because they were both at four points all. So, <laughs> so it was it was cold. Okay, I loved it. So right. it was a good. It's a good start to the tennis year. Not yeah. too many controversies. Some fun yeah. storylines. Positive mm -hmm. storylines, as Federer likes to say. <laughs> no one killed. No one killed anyone. No one killed anyone. <laughs> Yeah, there's no betting scandal yet, but we haven't got the Melbourne it, and you know, just when all the story comes out, you know, that's when all the juicy details comes out. Nobody's concerned when they're all over the place. When everybody is in one place, that's when the drama comes out. Some way, yeah, that's the Melbourne. best part of Melbourne. So between now and Melbourne, they are going to finish out Auckland, right? Sydney. Sydney Auckland for the, the men. men goes to Auckland. Yeah, the men go to Auckland. Then there's going to be Sydney. And then that's it. No, I think that's Hobart. Don't forget Hobart. Hobart. Yeah, Hobart. Oh God, Hobart. That just sounds like <laughs> an old man, doesn't it? I just hope that Heather's there because that's her turn. And there is Sydney. Both men and women are in here in Sydney, and there is Hobart for the women. Yep. All right. Love it. And uh, that's about it for us. Except we. Um, so the Australian Open draw will be. We are taping on Sunday, and it's going to be Thursday. Friday. I mean, right Friday. now, right now yeah. it's Sunday. That's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. It's Sunday right now. Oh, okay. And so we'll be back kind of quick for the draw show on Friday. Um, that will be live and it will probably be somewhere around 930 or so, like always. And uh, yeah. Ooh, we're looking forward to it. Our first draw show of the year. Live draw show. What will the theme be? Animals. Will we even have a theme? Real estate <laughs> theme, y'all. Of course, there will be a theme. Don't be silly. Um, and the other thing that we have coming up that we decided, and we're going to make it public so that we have to do it <laughs> sometime shortly after the U.S. or the U.S. Open, um, Australian Open, we will do a live podcast and discuss surviving R. Kelly. Yes, we will watch it. I haven't watched it yet. That's your that's your homework. You and Reels, Trig get on it. Trigger yeah. warning, people. Trigger warning. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So we'll we'll watch that. Um, we'll gather well, we our we like, thoughts. You know, like, and... We like to discuss the social issues as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta yep. get we gotta help each other through these pop culture moments, right? Yeah. Oh no, we gotta help each other through these stressful moments. It's not a pop culture. <laughs> Fuck pop culture. Oh because when everything is washing into one another, it is no there's no distinction anymore. <laughs> I'm nervous uh, about it. I feel like I'm gonna be really angry. I haven't watched it yet, so we'll see. You might be surprised. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so and, and also, by the way, folks, if y'all want to save Hotman Cup, couldn't y'all say that? Can y'all just loudly say it, people? Don't just like put a tweet about it because that ain't gonna help anybody. Okay. <laughs> Tell the people who. Okay. Don't discuss office politics in the bathroom. Go to manager when you have an issue. <laughs> Tell the boss. Okay. You and coworker X in the bathroom discussing about it or DMing each other isn't helpful. <laughs> And then when this shit happened, y'all moan full about it and go talk about it. That's not helpful to anybody, okay? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But I don't either, but that's fine. Um... <laughs> that's fine. So say goodnight, Reels. Good night, good night, everyone. And happy new year. Happy new uh, year. Hope to meet more fans this year. Ooh, why are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm glad you can't see my face. I'm so happy you can't see my face right now. <laughs> good night, folks. Bye.